Hey, this is Nolan North, and you're listening to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Why wouldn't you? Take it from me. Raphael from TMNT, go back to 2007. We'll save our brother, and then we'll save New York City. Or, of course, you may listen to the Krang, because the Krang know that you should listen to Turtles, Turtles and Turtle Power Hour. Go listen, Krang. the ninja turtle power hour i'm spencer toon i'm keith mcguffey and i'm still mike templeton after all these years after all these years it's not it's not going away anytime soon if you were going to like change your name or identity do you have one picked out already i do but if i told you i'd have to kill you ah that's a good answer man i would uh, just told you mine and then <laughs> point me out as i flee the country <laughs> it's it's max power Right. Thanks, Did you get I that name from a, a hairdryer? I saw it on a hairdryer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so Spencer, what are we doing this week? This week we're going to be covering episodes 10, 11, and 12 of season 7 of the 1987 series. Yep, so we're still in Europe. We're doing Turtles on the Orient Express. April gets in Dutch and Northern Lights out. And as we are legally required to let you know, the European vacation season is not technically part of season seven. Uh, it is produ- it was produced during season four, takes place after season four, uh, before season five. It is part of season seven because that is when it aired in the United States. In case this was your first time, you know, your first episode checking us out. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. We, we in, will the, only- in the middle of our European vacation season. We only have one more European vacation episode, so if you're getting tired of hearing that, you're almost because <laughs> I know Spencer's out. tired of hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was about to explain it if you didn't. So, oh no, I I make I will make sure that we do it. I am the, I am the rules lawyer here. All right, important information. Yep. Uh, so as we've said before, three what we can describe as episodes of the '87 series. But in episodes. And I mean, it just feels like this European vacation is just, you know, with each episode, they're just cranking up the wacko, you know, I, I can't wait to see what happens when we reach a 13 here at the very end of it. Yeah, uh, I know they I, I know they go back to London uh, is what Jason told me. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of excited to get there. I, I'm I'm really excited for this. <laughs> for this little mini season to end me too uh it's, it's so yeah, yeah. so let's let's uh get there faster by let me tell you a story perhaps i can best explain the story of my young friends and i is really the story of a man named hamato yoshi first up is turtles on the orient express original air date it was in 1992 written by doug molitor Molitor. This is his last episode. Oh, that's the last time we get to do I know. That. It's the last yeah. time we get to do that. I better milk it for all it's worth. Molitor. 
What other Last series have you written for? So we can we can just pivot this show into watching that series. Yeah, we'll we'll, have, we'll have a Doug Molitor uh, mini season. <laughs> right. yeah. Our vacation of Molitor season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right. The plot for this episode, April is reporting on a special run of the original Orient Express that runs from Garde Lyon in Paris, France to Istanbul, not Constantinople, Turkey. Unbeknownst to her and the turtles, Shredder, Rocksteady and Bebop are all on the train as well, along with a device called the supercharger, which will cause the train to accelerate faster than a jet. He's planning to crash the train over the Bosphorus into the world's biggest oil fields. Rocksteady and Bebop take the uniforms of a pair of conductors and Shredder takes the engineer's clothing as well. The Turtles and Splinter deduce that Shredder is on board and chase the train down on a rail car with the added help of a long-range magnet. They don't fare very well when they do get on board, being ejected from the train by Rocksteady and Bebop and ending up floating down a river on a tuba. April comes sniffing around the train engine and ends up being captured by the villains along with Irma, who put them in sacks and and deposit them into the baggage car. The turtles encounter some Roma camping by the river and Michelangelo accidentally scares them away. The turtles then use the Roma wagon to force the Orient Express to stop, sneak on board in Roma disguises and engage Bebop and Rocksteady in another fight before throwing the two mutants off the train. They then rescue April and Irma from the baggage car. Meanwhile, Splinter heads to the train engine to defeat Shredder and barely manages to stay on the train while Shredder falls into the river below. Donatello has some difficulty dealing with the supercharger, and before he can fix the runaway train, Shredder and his mutants get back on board. While the turtles fight them, Splinter sneaks toward the locomotive as the train careens out of control. Shredder is dragged off the train before he can dispatch splinter and donatello manages to tell splinter to send the train into reverse which causes the supercharger to accelerate right out of the train and into space the turtles disembark from the train and Raphael finds it amusing that april and irma and vernon have all been splattered with food only to end up being chased by two angry women old television guys doug molitor head writer of Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Oh, I think we I think we mentioned that last time when we started the Molotor bit, but I would not mind talking about Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Yeah, that's a that's the kind of pivot this show needs. <clears throat> I, I mean, there's still a lot of Ninja Turtles to talk about. So, you, I mean, uh, I think we can take a break for like a couple seasons. I mean, there's only like well, two seasons of Captain Planet anyway. Well, okay. It says he was the head writer on seasons one through three. Okay, there's only three episodes of Captain Planet. Are listed as season four through six, which seems like a lot. I don't think it was. Wait, that there's crazy. that many seasons of Captain Planet? Yeah. Uh, this must be okay. The Wikipedia page must in- also include the new adventures of Captain Planet because that had another three seasons. So maybe that's maybe that's where the disparity is coming from. Anyway. Let's talk about Captain. Yeah, Planet. there's yeah, Guys. there's okay. So there's the Deke episodes, which was 1990 to 1992. That's 113 episodes. Then there was the Hanabara episodes, which were the new adventures of Captain Planet. Okay, how many episodes are those? Uh, a lot. More than Ninja Turtles? 
No, total? definitely not more than Ninja Turtles. Okay, all right. Just curious. But definitely more than I thought. Yeah, 113? That's crazy. I mean, I, I really want to talk about the 2003 series, so... Uh, Too I mean, bad you got 113 put, episodes of Captain yeah, Planet to go if through. I could, if I could put that off a little bit longer. Here's what you gets know, me. If I don't want to ruin the mine, run we've been having. If the power is mine, why do I have to summon Captain Planet? Because you can be one too. Because saving, oh. pla- saving your planet is the thing to do. You guys have seen the Don Cheadle version, yes? Everybody, everybody's seen the Don Cheadle version. Spencer? Yes, I have. Oh, thank God. Okay, uh, let's see. Next episode, Season 7, Episode 11, April Gets in Dutch. Uh, this is written by Misty Taggart. Originally aired in America, October 23rd, 1993. My sister's birthday. Hey, that's pretty cool. Uh, okay, so the turtles, along with their van, have been delivered to Amsterdam in a giant crate. They'll be meeting up with April and Irma for vacation after April reports on the Duchess Diamond, the most perfect diamond in the universe. And wouldn't you know it, Krang needs it to power his laser dimension blade to bring the Technodrome to Earth. He sends Shredder, Rocksteady, and Bebop to get it. Unbeknownst to them, there's another set of thieves out to get the diamond, Spat Sparkle and Dag. They're planning to pose as security guards, cut the lights at the museum, and swap the diamond out with a fake. Shredder's planning to have Rocksteady smash the glass case, then steal the diamond and Scooby-Doo their way out of there. They're both successful. So Spats, Sparkle, and Dag steal the diamond, but then Shredder steals the fake. So Spats and Dag stash the diamond in April's purse, then take leave. April's accosted by the actual cops, but rescued by the turtles, who take her to the sewer, where Spats and Dag then kidnap her and get the diamond back. So now the turtles know that April had the real diamond, meaning that Shredder has a fake, and that's bad, because if he uses it in the laser dimension blade device, it could destroy both the Technodrome and Earth. Shredder does just that, and the fake diamond explodes. Donatello is able to pick up the source of the laser dimension blade, and the turtles run to get the real diamond to use in the device. It will send a beam that will correct this one that's going to destroy the planet. Meanwhile, April wakes up to find herself suspended over a vat of melted cheese at Spats and Dag's Cheese Factory hideout. Luckily, she's able to use her turtle comms homing beacon to alert the turtles of her location before dropping into the vat of cheese. Everyone meets up at the cheese factory and a giant cheese fight breaks out. Spats and Dag, they just decide to cut their losses and run. The turtles are bested by a giant wheel of cheese and the bad guys get away with the diamond. They make their way back to the windmill where the dimensional laser is kept and install the real diamond. The turtles show up and another fight breaks out where Shredder is sent round and round on the windmill's blades. Donatello successfully corrects the the beam and also reverses the polarity of the laser dimensional blade to suck the windmill into Dimension X and crash it into the Technodrome. The day is saved. The turtles celebrate with a pizza. The end. To the avid listener out there, if you've ever heard Keith like mess up while telling a story, like stutter or anything, uh, it's because I missed it while editing because Keith never messes up. And so you've probably heard like the only like one or two times he actually has. Oh, so if you just you. heard him mess up in that story, it's it's just because I missed it because he never messes up. I'm I'm always ready for Mike and I, but but not for Keith. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what are you talking about? I never mess up either. 
Right. There's definitely no cuts in my summary. <laughs> well, okay. Well, there's definitely a lot of cuts in, in my summary. I, I, <laughs> I stumble a lot. You haven't even summarized anything yet. Well, I'm not saying this the week. I'm just now. saying overall, throughout the entire history of this podcast. No, don't sell yourself short. Yeah. There's you do a good job. Nobody, nobody can prove that there's any cuts in yours either. My episode number 12, Northern Lights Out. This episode was released October 23rd of 1993 in America. Written by Ted Peterson and Francis Moss. The Turtles meet up with April in Oslov, Norway, since she's there to cover a conference about alternative energy. Don goes with her, of course, and a Professor Svensson details his plans to use some volcanic vents to power the country. In the middle of his presentation, Eric the Red Eye, a Viking, crashes the event, steals Svensson's notes, and takes April. Donatello gives chase and at least frees April, but the marauder escapes. Not long after, April interviews Svensson, who says that the location of the vents are not in his notes, but in his own head. So Eric shows back up with the Vikings and kidnaps him and April. The turtles give chase again, but aren't able to catch Eric before he gets into his hideout. They sneak into an underground Viking village and are mistaken for dwarves sent by Odin so the Vikings do whatever they want. They find April and Svensson, but Eric has already left to put his evil plan into action, since Svensson gave him the information that he needed. What is that plan? Luckily, Svensson fills us in as the turtles get a boat to sail after Eric. Eric plans to set off thermal detonators at the vents. This will cause a chain reaction that will cause the ice caps to melt and flood everything for the Vikings to pillage later. On their way, the turtles are attacked by a giant Norse sea monster. As it attempts to swallow them, Don discovers that it's a machine. The turtles enter the machine and take it over and continue in their mission to stop Eric. Meanwhile, Eric spots the turtles coming as he places his detonators, so he sinks the mechanical serpent remotely. The turtles quickly build hang gliders and escape to fight Eric. Don battles Eric down inside the volcano where the vent is found and defeats him, then gets rid of the detonator. Don and Eric are hoisted out of the volcanoes and the turtles are triumphant. The end. Brilliant. Wow. Stunning. Just a lot happened. So (laughs) much happened. So Uh, much happened. (laughs) I'm just going to say it up front. I was not ready for Northern Lights Out. I, I, I wasn't, wasn't either. either. I did That's not know what to expect was, going into that. It was Monday morning. It's like 5.30 a.m. I'm like, okay, I don't have to get up for another hour, but I, I couldn't go back to sleep. So I was like, okay, what's the laziest thing I can do and still be productive? And it's watch this show for this podcast. Yeah. I put it in. I'm like, this is the worst way to start a work week ever. Like I was not at all ready for it. <laughs> See like my, my whole week got like turned around. Cause like I wound up calling in sick to work on Monday. And then like, as the week went on, like normally I watch these episodes throughout the week and it's like, I kept putting it off. So I actually watched all three of these episodes today. Oh. <laughs> uh, Cause then I was like, ah, oh, crap, it's Thursday. <laughs> yeah. I got to watch these. Yeah. Um, and, Northern Lights Out is is really the only one that stuck with me. I mean, I was like, this is so crazy. 
Yeah, like I had to like you know look away to like make notes, and like you would look away for two seconds, and suddenly you're like, "What happened? How did we get here?" Yeah, you know, like I I look down to like type something in, and then I look up, and already like suddenly these canyon walls are closing in on the turtles, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. "Why are the canyon walls closing?" It's like, <laughs> it's so it's such a wild episode. I had to like rewind it and watch him like flip a switch at the end of this canyon and push a button so that it would start closing. Like <laughs> it's it's absolutely insane. Uh, but yeah, we, we can talk about it more uh, in the second time around. Hey, uh, nice junk. All right, turtles on the Orient Express. I- so the. Orient Express is a was a real uh, train system that ran from France to parts of uh, Asia. Um, it ran from 1883, and I think the final um, train ride was in 2019. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I think it, it went like most of the way across the continent. I'm pretty sure. Uh, not m- it, it definitely went all the way across Europe. Um, but it yeah. ended in a bunch of different countries. Um, cause there was like four or five routes, um, yeah. throughout, throughout the years. Um, so, uh, but the fight, like I said, the fight, the final train ran in 2019. Hmm. Uh, the only thing I had for this is that Rocksteady mentions they've been taking assertiveness training and I swear they mentioned that before and I just couldn't find it in my notes, but Nice bit of continuity, if true. Yeah. Uh, my my thing that I really have is just kind of almost a preface for all these episodes, because I don't know if I've done it for this season or not. But when these episodes were airing in the U.S., the first issue of Volume 2 was hitting the shelves. So it came Ooh. out this Ooh. October. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mirage Volume 2. And uh, TMNT 3 had already, of course, come and gone this year, earlier in March. So that's where we're at in Turtles history as we're watching these episodes. It's amazing to think like how far forward in time we've gotten in the comics versus this show. You know? like yeah. We read through 99 in the comics, but we're only yeah. on 93 well, of the show. Volume 2 was a bi-monthly comic. Like, it came out every two months. Mm, so, yeah. There's that. It's It's pretty quick to get through, you know, that amount of time when in comic books when they're only coming out one every month instead of, you know, an entire season being released. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. 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 All right. We're ready for April gets in Dutch. Yeah. So, so getting Dutch means to yeah. get in trouble. It was commonly used in the Midwest from the twenties to the fifties, apparently. And, uh, this title specifically seems to be a play on Alice gets in Dutch, which was an old Disney short. So, there you go. See, because like I know, like going Dutch is like a thing. Like when you like you go on, you go on a Dutch date, you know, like where you both pay for your dinner or something. Right. Hmm. This was not that. <laughs> no, no, no dinner was involved. Or love but, interest for April. True. But the so like the Al you said it was the Alice comedy, right? Yeah. So like. This is this is taking like the name from that, but like was the um was the story similar? No, because Alice is a little girl. I I did watch most of the short. It's like a little girl that gets in trouble for 
she kind of gets framed for putting ink into a balloon and then blowing it up in school. And then, like, her teacher catches her and pops it and gets covered in ink. So then she has to go sit in the corner and she falls asleep and she uh, just dances around with a bunch of farm animals that are cartoons. Uh, those typical 1930s comedies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds, I mean, sounds, this sounds like a 1930s cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> the plot of that was almost as coherent as these episodes. <laughs> well, the, the Alice comedies, uh, Spencer, if you didn't know, were Walt Disney's like first like things he did. Huh. Yeah, very, very know. early Disney. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, this is like pre, like pre Oswald, the lucky rabbit. It, wow. it was kind of cool. Cause it's like, it's, it's her, it's the little girl. It's like live film of her dancing on top of like cartoon. Yeah. Like it's, it's yeah. really, it's really kind of cool. And like pioneered a lot of that kind of rotoscoping yeah. or uh, not rotoscoping, but like, it, it was it was basically like blue screening or green screening yourself into like something before that was like a real thing. Yeah, I mean that'd be used later on in you know Mary Poppins and bed knobs and broomsticks and a lot of those other classics where you got you know human characters interacting with cartoons. So that's pretty cool. That it yeah, you don't there. get I didn't realize it was that far back. Oh yeah, it, I don't think it was the first one, but it was definitely like one of the biggest ones. Yeah. All right, ready for Northern Lights Out? Oh, we are just moving along. Yeah. Uh, Northern Light, Northern Lights Out. Uh, I did like that there was. I doubt it was a continuity nod, but uh, Donatello very specifically is grossed out by eating fish, which I felt was a callback to the very first episode of this show, where Donatello, where April eats sushi in front of them, and Donatello exclaims, "How could you eat raw fish?" Blech. That's true. Good call. Yeah. My my only note here, because I didn't know whether to call it an anchovy or or not, or to, you know, say I love being a turtle because it just it sits somewhere in the middle. April just puts a slice of pizza in her purse. <laughs> like at the very beginning, you know, she takes one of the slices, just like opens up her bag and just like puts the pizza and slice inside of it. And like it comes it back up. at the end of the episode too. Yeah, she just pulls it out. And Donatello's problem with it is that it has fish, not that this is purse pizza. That was just, you know, like covered in lint. Yeah. <laughs> Shoved in a bag and pulled out to eat later. Oh, I've man, always it, told my wife to shove things in her purse when we're at restaurants, and she never does it. <laughs> I mean, like, it would be okay if you put it in there like in a baggie or, you know, a little takeout box. Like you can go ahead and put that in your purse as long as it's not gonna oh, leak yeah. in there, you know? Yeah, that's fine. But just taking the slice of pizza as is and inserting it into the purse, that's where the problems happen. (laughs) That's that's where fun times goes. Right. Yeah. Uh, Eric, the red eye, a clever reference to red eye flights that take place overnight if you've ever flown in an airplane. And also the Viking, Eric, the red. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. Here we go. I was trying to put it together. I'm like, what? Was there flying in this? I guess he did have a horse helicopter. Yeah, I just, the, Eric the Red Eye. <laughs> I I don't like that. That is a weird thing <laughs> to to kind of. That is a kind of a weird joke to throw in there. Um, but yeah, like Eric the Red is a play on Eric, or Eric the Red Eye is a play on Eric the Red. Um, I don't know why they did that because like they still mentioned Thor. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, only thing I had was no Shredder, no Krang this episode. So. That is 
That is true. I feel, isn't that the only episode of the European vacation so far to not have them in it? Um, no. Artless. Artless. Oh, Art, yeah, that's right. Artless didn't have yeah. them. Got it. Had those weird blob aliens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the weird nitrous doodles. oxides ones. Yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about uh, some other things that were uh, weird like that alien and uh, get into anchovies. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. Guys, I have so many anchovies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like uh, anchovies for the European season? Come on now. Yeah, right. Uh, Google Drive started like showing you the page breaks, and like I'm pretty sure this is a full page if you add it oh, all man. together. <laughs> it's not that bad, I don't think. But turtles on all the Orient right. Express. Lay them on us. <sighs> this one's not so bad, but like the plan is stupid. They want to blow up this oil field to get the power from the explosion to move the Technodrome or some nonsense, right? Yeah. But, but just blow up the oil field. Why is the train involved at all? Because it's got to be needlessly complicated. Exactly. Yeah. It's just stupid. Speaking of <laughs> like, like needlessly complicated, like the first half of this episode just feels like chaos. Like it just felt like you were bouncing around all over the place. It, it, I don't know. Yeah, like like the turtles are suddenly like playing instruments and like just as musicians in a cart, and then Bebop and Rocksteady show up, and like I'm like, wait, why are they playing music as musicians? And then it just like I said, it was chaos. Yeah, it seemed like they were trying to infiltrate the train, but like, didn't they have tickets? Like, why why they have to dress up? And then like I like the shredder like specifically makes them go collect tickets later. Yeah, true. But then they like, but they throw the turtles out. They slide on a on a flattened sousaphone down the side of a mountain, get into the water, and then like Donatello has Michelangelo blow gum into the sousaphone to make it a flotation raft. It, you're right, Spencer. It's all over the place. The first first half of the show. Yeah, like the first half of this episode. Like, granted, it it's pretty nuts because it's Ninja Turtles and it's the European season. Because for whatever reason, they just went extra bonkers. But yeah, it just felt so all over the place and nonstop. And, and like, there's even just like weird transitions because of that too. Like Shredder's instant transition to like, you expect me to pedal a bicycle? Like when literally no one suggested it, like he just kind of looks over at a tree and there's bicycles there. And anyway, <laughs> they just instantly go to that after getting kicked off the train because think... constantly these characters are getting thrown off the train and getting back on. And then someone else gets thrown off the train and then they get back on and they fight again and they get back on. <laughs> like it felt like there was too much of that also going on in this episode. Yeah, honestly, like Ninja Turtles on a train seems like interesting enough to not also need like something from the train flying into space at the end or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a novel enough concept. I almost wonder, cause like none of these have been written by David Wise. So I'm like, is he not like overseeing them or are people like trying to get to his level and just like making them as insane as possible? <laughs> I think they're just getting bored. I think, I think they're getting bored with the formula. Like I think that there is kind of a Mad Libs formula thing going on here where it's like, this is the plot structure for one of these episodes. Don't go too far from it. And so I think these writers are like just trying to make it as interesting as possible after probably already having written like 20 of these. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, they're kind of like losing their minds as it is. Well, because, yeah, they would have been fresh off season three, which was like 40-some episodes. And then season four proper was another 40-some. So, yeah, probably right. That's all I got. Yeah, I mean, even with their like explosive thing, like taking off into space, it's another one of those things where it's like, what difference would it have made if the turtles weren't there? And the answer is none, other than we got to see them fight Shredder and and do their whole thing because the thing just took off and blasted into space. They weren't able to actually stop it; it just went away. And it's like some well, people, what? some people say it's still going to this day. Probably is. It's in space now, you know. Unless it crashed into a planet, it'll it'll just keep going forever. Boy, that's the level of continuity this show needs. Have that just like crash into the Technodrome one day. <laughs> or just like a passing alien like, hey, this thing came off a train and hit us. Wow, that's yeah. our thing from the Orient yeah. Express. You know? It, it crashes into the aliens, it destroys their ship, and so they declare war on Earth and come and invade because they see it as an attack on them. Maybe that's why Dreg came. Yeah. He gets hit in the head yeah. by, by the supercharger. You got it. <laughs> We're putting it together. Just, I like it. Like in the back of the head while he's sipping a cup of tea, you know? Yep. <laughs> What's our Drake's voice like? I, I can't remember. Well, we'll know. Uh, I will yeah, we'll know, know, we'll know soon. We'll know soon. He's got like a very like, like, uh, theatrical voice. I, yeah, like I remember it being theatrical, but... Uh, I also think I might be thinking of the 2012 version of Drag. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his is very, like... That, that's an odd voice. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, April gets in Dutch. I don't know. <laughs> this episode. From the very get-go, like, suddenly they're on another cruise. Like, they're complaining about, like, a cruise that Raphael booked or someone booked. And they're like talking about this like it's not a part of their already paid for cruise vacation to Europe, which I guess works better for when you're watching this episode as just a single episode without the context of the turtles being on a European vacation. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's kind of weird. <laughs> you know, if they're, I don't know, like, I guess continuity thing. And speaking of, like, we know that they've. I mean, they've driven themselves to other places before, and we know they have their blimp with them here in Europe, so why are they, like, packing themselves in the van in a box and then shipping themselves places? It doesn't make any sense. And, and, like, and, like, they know, like, people don't care that they're the turtles here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they had a parade for them. They had a parade for them. They, they like, there's don't no... Care in, they at least don't care in Italy, for sure. You know, yeah, Italy, that, it's fair. Only Italy. We haven't seen too much of it outside, I guess, of those Italy episodes. Guys, my my number one anchovies back in this episode. What is April it? drops her turtle con <laughs> again into cheese this time. So that's different, I suppose. But it's also revealed that they have a homing beacon on the on the thing. I'm like, why haven't they used that every time? Yeah, like, I feel like that would have come in handy multiple times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, Shredder, like, not believing this diamond can cut through dimensions when he literally had a sword that did that exact same thing. Yeah. 
Shredder's just incredulous that this diamond could possibly cut through dimension, just like, I don't believe it. And then, you know, a few seasons ago, you know, I guess it's all the way back in, like, season one, maybe two, he still had a sword that could, like, cut holes into, into other dimensions. Like, what is yeah. the ninja sword of nowhere? Like, I think that was season how is this three, that big of a stretch? Yeah. Was it season three? I believe so. Still. Yeah. It doesn't make sense that he'd be that It's even closer. Yeah. They they found things that are supposed to do even crazier things than cutting through dimensions. That's all I'm that's all I'm saying. Like, cause that's that is one thing is I, I've been watching like the the Justice League show and WB. Well, that was you know part of I the guess Bruce WB. Tim one? Yes, yeah, yes, like the, the first. I don't know it's only like two or three seasons, but like the thing that I really like about it is that very early on in the show, are they instantly like. Are they just throwing out ideas of, like, all the crazy things they ran into? You know, they're not going to, like, act like, no way, it could be clones of us. So, like, all right, is it clones? Is it someone from the future? Is it another dimension? Yeah. Because they've dealt with it before, you know? And yeah. I like that in a show. And so it's really frustrating in this show when it's just, like, something can cut through dimensions. And Shredder's like, no way something could do that. And it's like, you, you've literally had things like that. Like, what can you not believe anymore in this world? <laughs> Like when he goes you, through a dimensional you, portal twice every episode. I, I was going to say, yeah. like, you go through a dimensional portal, like, tw- at least several times per episode. It's like, the it, it's so weird, like, how sometimes, like, the characters, like, the, the, the actual character's suspension of disbelief is, like, it, it just ends on, like, the most random thing. And it's like, no, you do this regularly. Yeah. Why is this weird to you? And it's probably for the purpose of Crane being able to deliver more exposition, but still don't like it. <laughs> um, this episode sees the turtles bested by a giant wheel of cheese, which I will add to the list of things to mention when people say that these were the best turtles. Which I feel like isn't the first time that has happened to them, but, you know, who knows I mean, with this show anymore. They've been beaten at least by a Net made of pizza dough, so that's probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah, any any food in any other shape will best them. Also, I mean, I mean, uh, same, but you know, yeah, <laughs> right. that's my weakness too. Yeah, yeah, hamburger pizza. Oh god, <laughs> I was just thinking about like, you you know, like how you have like those certain foods that are like your weakness. Um. For me, that's what? most foods. Yes. Yeah, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna for, say it's probably I mean, probably most foods for some of us, but uh, for me, it's been Girl Scout cookies. I've been working on like exercising, right? All right. I lost like uh, in the past like month, two two and a half months ish. I managed to actually like lose ten pounds. Oh, nice! And then I, I gained I gained four of it back because I bought a bunch of Girl Scout cookies. Because I am on a similar. Delicious. I can't stay away from them. I am on a similar journey. I have lost six pounds uh, since my last weigh-in a couple weeks ago. Um, however, Easter happened. Yeah. So uh, I am worried that I might have fallen off track, but uh, and I did also have my first pizza like that I have had in like a couple months. So yeah. Now you, you I, give me a box of Samoas. I won't stop till the box is gone. Right. And uh, it's you know, it destroyed my goals. All right, rapid fire. What's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Samoas, absolutely. Samoas, Samoas. yeah. What's those minty ones? Thin mints, yeah. Those are good too. Those are the other ones I get. 
I like to put them in the freezer. Oh. Mine are. I think I read my freezer real quick. Sorry. Mine are both of those. Actually, I love coconut. Uh, so Samoa is a hundred percent. But Thin Mints are a good, like, just perfect cookie. Yeah, they're fantastic. I desperately need to start exercising because today I had a uh, I had a chocolate Easter bunny right before I had macaroni and cheese for lunch. So uh-huh. <laughs> I've definitely gained your ten and your six this week. <laughs> gotcha. So that's where it went. Yep. It's uh, what's that? Uh, transfer of what energy? Yeah, mass transfer. Yeah, transfer of yeah. mass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just absorbing it. Well, I think we. Well, the three of us, we can have a biggest loser challenge. <laughs> Jokes on you! I have the most to lose. Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah, yeah. Man. Oh well. All right. Uh, In this episode, northern northern lights. Tickets- Okay, I guess we can just move on to Northern Lights. No, we got one more April and Dutch. Go, Spencer. Oh, I've got I've got like three more. <laughs> Get on it. Let's hear it. Rapid fire, All go. Right. So first off, they like have to point out the fact that like Leo made a joke when he has made jokes before. Oh yeah. Like, Leo made a joke. And you're like, And he's like, I turtle. did. And it's like, Leo, you you're the Renaissance turtle. You have done that multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. This has happened before. Uh, the other is that at one point Donatello just immediately knows that they're going to use the diamond to cut a hole in the dimension and immediately knows their plan just by knowing they're going after this diamond. And he just instantly delivers that to the turtles like, oh, yeah, that's what they're doing. Well, I chalk yeah. that up to him just being able to deduce that. Uh, I, yeah, I, just just seeing just seeing like how the pattern of these episodes play out. He was just I figured like, he just okay. thought of it before. Yeah. Like if I ever had to blow up both me and the Technodrome, this is how I would do it. <laughs> this is how I would. This is how I would end it. <laughs> And yeah, I guess that's it. That's all. <laughs> okay. Northern Lights out. This episode had nothing to do with the Northern Lights. Thank you. Oh my God. I specifically <laughs> picked this episode because it said Northern Lights, and I think the Northern Lights are interesting. That's why I was going to summarize it. That's what made me pick it the whim. And there was no Northern Lights. What the heck? Yeah. It, the, it, it, and it's so like it's so weird <laughs> like because I guess like the northern lights are visible in Sweden but like it's they, they, like you said like they don't day. mention them at all like they're not they're just not in this episode yeah I'm, I'm utterly livid about it well just uh, another thing to be out. livid about is that every time that Eric the red eye calls his weapon Thor's hammer or calls it his hammer. It is clearly an axe. Yeah. It, even and we find and out even at the, the end, it's a holographic laser. Yeah. And even well, even Donatello calls it a hammer. Yeah. It's clearly an axe, though. You know, maybe I mean, you know, it was this was, you know, done by animators. They don't get out much. I'm just gonna have yeah, to. Yeah, that's uh, probably true. Yeah. This is before is Google. One? That one before Google from couldn't you couldn't just Google what a, what a yeah. hammer looked like. <laughs> I think they just had like one rip out from Encyclopedia Britannica of Viking, and it yeah. just had an axe, and they're like, "Well, that must be what they called a uh, hammer." You know. Also, this is the second time that there's been a plan to flood everything and then pillage it, which I just don't feel like is that great of a plan. Uh, but you know, Shredder, this is literally what they were planning to do in Venice. 
like Shredder and Krang and everyone else, they were going to flood Venice and then steal right. everything. And now this is Eric the Red Eyes' plan. It's still a crappy plan, and it's not worth repeating, but here we are doing it again. So I thought the entire time that Eric the Red Eye was going to turn out to be Shredder. I, I was waiting for that too. Like I was waiting for them to like when they get got aboard of that that Norse creature that I can't re- pronounce its name. I like I saw it written and was like, nope. Or Yormagon. Y- that yeah, Yormagon. Yeah. When they get inside like, of it, I was expecting like Shredder explained... to be in there. It, he's voiced by Jim Cummings. It's never explained why he has all this technology, and then yeah. like. So they get to this village that's like inside a cave, but still somehow snowing. And there's a bunch of like Nordic people there. I'm like, okay, maybe he just like found them or whatever. They continues on, and like the turtles take over that giant snake thing. And Eric's like, ah, the turtles must have taken that over. It's like that's a weird thing for you to say, given that you've only met one of the turtles briefly. That you would know that there's four turtles. You're Shredder. Then it comes out that he's got a holographic laser that is his like hammer. And I was like, oh, it's a hologram device. That we've seen Shredder use before, Donatello's going to use his thing to reveal that it's Shredder, and no, it's not him. It's this new character we've never met, voiced by the same guy that voices Shredder. Very, very confusing. Yeah. But also weird is that uh, Eric the Red Eye does not have a Swedish accent, even though Jim Cummings can do one. Yes, that was weird. I mean, all that Man. thing, like, maybe be- all that stuff made me believe it was going to be Shredder at some point. It was going to be revealed that, like, it was, like, something that Shredder was behind somehow. And it never happened. Yeah. And then, there's, they make a big point of there being three thermal detonators. They deal with one of them and then act like the day is saved. Frustrating. This is a frustrating episode, guys. Yeah, yeah it's just not a good one. Well, in like April, I mean, for for the most part, I just, I don't know, I don't really love this version of April a whole lot, but she, especially in this episode, she reminds me of someone with all the journalistic prowess of like someone that wants to get a viral video, you know, like something awful's happening in front of her and she's just like, what a great story, you know, instantly is filming, you know, runs up to the guy who is committing the crime with him asking for questions and then gets kidnapped, like... She's just not very smart, and uh, I, I don't know. It's just the whole attitude of, like, I guess seeing everything, anything bad that's happening and is immediately, like, excited that she's getting a great story. Like, it's, I feel like there should be like more of a feeling of, like, this should be filmed because people need to know about it. You know, like, the people need to know this is important. It, but, like, it's, like, excitement of, like, something awful's happening, I can get views on Channel 6. <laughs> like, right. You know, let me hurry and take advantage of this with my camera. Like, it's just a weird attitude, personality thing. I don't know. But it feels like she has it a lot in a lot of episodes. Where, like, something awful will be happening, and she's just like, this is going to be a great story! Rather than like, oh man, it's my duty to, to report this and tell people about it. I don't know. I guess yeah. the more uh, noble journalist uh, perspective well if you know if she happens to get ratings and or all the coastal cities are flooded you know tit for tat yeah yeah and and on top of that this episode just felt so long like God. <laughs> they they started fighting the the 
Yoda monster. Uh, the Yodaheim, the Yormagon. The, the Yormagon, that's its name. They started fighting him, and I was like, is this episode about to end? Like, like we, we got to be getting close. And they get inside, and no one's inside, and I checked the time. And I was like, no way. <laughs> there is still, like, eight minutes left of this episode. Seven minutes. Like, how long is this episode? Yeah. It just took forever. And I was like, and I have to summarize all of this. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know how I'm going to be brief in this. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's so crazy. Just, just cut and paste till it makes sense, right? Yeah. All right, that's oh, it. This is this the low point of the season? Well, I mean, it's the end of the season, so. Yeah, I mean, we'll see with episode 13. Like I said, to me, it yeah. seems like they've been cranking up the wacko meter with each episode. So I think the 13 is going to be the most nuts. It says elementary, my dear turtle or Leonardo or something like that. I can't remember what it was. So that one we will know for sure. Oh, and they go back to London. Mike yeah. said, I bet this is a yep. Sherlock Holmes episode, huh? Well, yeah. uh, I'm calling dibs on that one right now, then. <laughs> it's all yours. Have that. <laughs> all right. So, guys, let's uh, take some of those anchovies off and put some good stuff on this pizza. Oh, I love being a turtle. Turtles on the Orient Express. <laughs> some great. Great things in this episode, including their awesome train conductor uniforms that Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady wear. Yeah. So cute. That was it's, mine, it, I love. Yeah, just, I love Shredder just putting this on over, like putting the overalls on over his armor. Yeah. And then April so doesn't dumb, recognize them. Funny. And then April doesn't recognize them at first. She only recognizes them because she recognizes Bebop and Rocksteady's legs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know those ugly legs anywhere. I know those other like, ugly legs anywhere. <laughs> Fantastic. Like, how often have you been looking at their legs? Anyway. I, I know. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's wearing, very, that's very specific. They're wearing pants. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Huh? Weird. There's a great scene where Donatello like touches the device and <laughs> we can see like his skeleton when he gets electrocuted. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I was looking at the screenshots you sent us. And it was yeah. like shredder shredder just straight up pulls a gun <laughs> On Splinter, yeah. just like, yeah. just like, it's it's like not a real gun, but it's like so it it could be a real gun, yeah. like black and, and it, metal. Yeah, it's just black and metal. It's like it's not even like a spacey gun. It's just a gun. Yeah, I need to put those on Instagram. I just took like four like random screenshots, and they're all oh, yeah. old. <laughs> well, one of them, one of them is going to need to be the uh, the Instagram picture for the episodes. Maybe I'll just oh. have the first one be for the episode and put the tile on there, and then I'll just throw the other ones in there too. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, your uh, your screenshot game has been on point lately. By the way, I think yeah. ever since Donatello's duplicate, like that <laughs> one was gold. Yeah, oh, which God. one was that one? It's a uh, like Donatello's. Clone is standing next to him when he drops a like a toolbox on his foot. <laughs> He's like, I like jumping up in the air in pain. Okay, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, back to this episode, though. I thought Splinter was awesome in this episode. We haven't really yeah, got like, to see him. Do it was much. really good to see him like doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it was also cool to see BB up in Rocksteady actually put up a decent fight because that's something they haven't done in a while. Like they actually like threw the turtles off the train. Yeah, uh, and things like that. So it was kind of cool to actually see them, you know, get a, get a win on the turtles because they haven't done that in a long time. Yeah, I thought this was 
I thought this was the strongest of the three that we watched today. I I agree. Um, I think it it had a lot going on, but it's like it it all kind of like it 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 all kind of fed into each other. It wasn't like a bunch of random things like Northern Lights Out. Like everything in this kind of served the turtles trying to get onto the train. Um, so uh, yeah, nice and nice and tense episode. Yeah, it was pretty good as far as uh, the European season goes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> low bar. Yeah, Sp- Spencer just can't give it too much praise. <laughs> can't give it too much praise, all right? I mean, I said pretty good, and then I realized there's nothing I've said that has genuinely <laughs> meant that. But as far as the season goes, it is one of the better episodes. Yeah. All right. April gets in Dutch. Spencer, you mentioned that joke that Leonardo tells, which... Weird that they they mentioned he's never told a joke before, but the joke that he does tell is like the bad guys are in a fishing net, and he says, "I bet they're not in that net for the halibut." Yeah, <laughs> which which is actually a really good joke. Yeah, okay. I know. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a funny joke. And then you've also got a uh, shredder wearing other clothes again. You know, he keeps the mask on for whatever yeah. reason, <laughs> but, but he takes his, but he takes his helmet off this time, so it's like he's wearing the face mask part. But then yeah. like you can see his hair under the hat. Yeah. You see his hair under the hat. He's got like a suit on. You know, there's there's only like a couple episodes where he does that in the show. So you yeah. Know, it's it's fun it to see like him weird... wearing other clothes. It's weird because when I saw him, I was like, Oh, it's just a guy in a mask. Like, because I've lived through COVID in the last two yeah. years. Like, he's just probably being safe, but like I'm like, oh no, wait, that's the shredder, you know? <laughs> yeah. I I sometimes wonder if they just kept the mask on his face because one of the things they liked about, you know, one of the things the animators like about Shredder is not having to animate his mouth moving. I was thinking talks. the same exact thing. I was like, <laughs> I was like, how much money are they really saving by not animating Shredder's mouth? Yeah. I I can't believe it's that much, but it must, it, it must save enough for them to do it. Right. Yeah, I guess. What was the last time we saw his face? I'm trying to think like, Invasion of the, the Punk, punk Frogs. Episode. I, yeah. I know, like it. I I don't think it was that long ago, but uh, I don't know. Sure seems like Shredder's it. mom. No, he, he had his mask on the whole time for that, and except for when he was a baby. Yes. Man. <laughs> All right. Northern uh, Lights out. Well, wait. There's oh, one more oh, thing oh. I liked. All right. Hold uh, on. I, hey, you fooled me. Mikey out water skiing with wood shoes is is fun. I don't know why, but him like just putting on the wooden shoes to then water ski. It was just another one of those wacky kind of fun things that uh, I enjoyed. I'm glad they use those wooden shoes because they mentioned that April had Irma, or Irma had wooden shoes like 14 times before yeah. that. Yeah, you can hear them. I think it's also one of the, the last. Time. I think it's one of the yeah. last jokes of the episode too. Yeah, guys, we can't move on before we talk about. Bebop, Rocksteady, and Shredder's mode of transportation in this episode, which is a three-seated tandem bike that Shredder refuses to pedal. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It's like, that is gold. (laughs) That's all. That's all I got. Now we can talk about Northern Lights Out. So the insane Viking vehicles in this episode just... I don't know. We're amusing and kind of funny. You know, they're like, they have like this Viking three wheeler vehicle that they're just driving around the city to escape. Yeah, like, a, 
like a big like rat fink kind of vehicle. <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm not sure what exactly it is, but they're just driving it around the city. Uh and then this stupid horse helicopter that's like just this giant horse with helicopter blades, one like on its head and the other in the back. It is super silly. I don't know. It just I decided to be amused by it this time and just give it a laugh because it's ridiculous. And, and they show it and they act like it's a normal thing. Yeah. It's like, like in the helicopter, nobody's like, why is it shaped like a giant horse? It's just like, no, it, that's what we have, obviously. No one, no one notices the giant horse helicopter flying through the sky. Yeah. Horses are known for their aerodynamics, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just so ridiculous. That's kind of how I get entertainment out of this at this point, you know? Like, half the fun of watching this is kind of like making fun of it in anchovies and just talking about the ridiculous stuff it does. Uh, yeah. And that's that's what's made this, uh, you know, as fun as it is to watch so far. Agreed. Guys, I was not ready for this episode. <laughs> I think the only thing I really have that I remember that I loved about it is that they have cool Viking uniforms at one point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot to mention that, too. You get to see him dressed up as Vikings for a little bit. Yeah, which really, like, this whole season, I think that's been a highlight for me, is how many different costume changes they've had. Like, they've had the punkers when they were in London. Um, we've seen them in, like, these cool Hawaiian shirts and stuff, but... Yeah. Three episodes. Three oh. wow episodes <laughs> of the European season. Uh, I can't believe that we're at the end of the season, finally. Yeah, I know the, the, the the European vacation mini season. Sorry. Yeah, we've just about finished it. Like I said, there's just a single episode that we will eventually get to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, l- let's get into the news. This is April O'Neil of Channel Six. <laughs> All right, so not a ton of news this week. Um, just a couple things that we do want to touch up on. Uh, first up, uh, we mentioned it a couple weeks ago. Um, the Super 7 Wave 11 um, figures were released or were announced, and one of them happened to be one that they immediately took down, uh, and that was Karai, based on her Mirage uh, look. Uh, since then, Super 7 announced that uh, due to uh, the feedback from fans uh, that they would be pulling the Rat King because it's not specifically based on the original toy. And uh, it was such a departure that a lot of fans like weren't happy about it. So Super 7 announced that they're going to be pulling that back. Uh, and then they slid in Karai in his place. So you can go to Super7Store.com and uh, pre-order that. If you've already pre-ordered the Rat King, um, I believe they are going to be canceling your order uh, or giving you the option to move that pre-order to uh, Karai. Uh, but what's really cool about that Karai is uh, is that it is uh, pretty much based on her Mirage look um, in a black and red uniform. I know like the Mirage covers when she was in City at War, uh, she was in more of like a bluey purple kind of costume. Um yeah, they made it look more classic Mortal Kombat-y. Yeah, um, but but I mean, like the design elements are there. Like she's got the big shoulder pads that she's you know pretty much known for. Um, and what I thought was really cool is that they like 
they did the the pose like that iconic Karai pose on the cover uh you know where she's got the bow drawn and her leg up on like the the corner of the building yeah um i thought i thought it was really cool that she did that yeah Yeah. um and so uh she comes with a bunch of accessories including a couple alternate heads uh specifically a masked foot clan head uh so you can army build your army of lady ninjas which i thought was kind of neat uh, so yeah, so $55, that is up on the site. Um, you can also get it at like Big Bad Toy Store and stuff. Um, next up, uh, April's April Takeover uh, over at NECA is continuing. And this week's reveal was a tease for uh, a question mark turtle. Uh, so it was just a gray render of a turtle with a question mark initial on uh, the belt buckle. And eagle-eyed fans and uh people who are in the know uh were able to quickly deduce that this is not venus uh or uh jenica because why would it be it's april's april takeover uh it is based on april when she was turned into the fifth ninja turtle from the archie tinaman t uh winter special issue way back when one of the only issues that keith pointed out uh has that has not been reprinted yet Maybe it will be. I actually own that issue from when I was a kid. It was a good one. But, she's but only I mean, like she's only like a turtle in like the last half of it, isn't she? Yeah, if I remember right, there's more than one story in that book, and yeah, I think she gets mutated and demutated within the story, which is only like you know sixteen, eighteen pages. Yeah, because if you try to look at like if you try to look for pictures of April as a Ninja Turtle, like there's not very many um, right. online. Um, so, uh, but this is, uh, April as a Ninja Turtle, uh, very specifically, she has like white bandana and, uh, elbow and knee pads. So this will be really interesting. Hopefully it it's on like a new body, um, for the turtles. It's been a long time since NECA has, uh, made any changes to like their, uh, Ninja Turtles, like bodies, like those sculpts are kind of still the same ones that they originally came out with in 2018. So kind of a long time to be running on those same kind of outdated bodies. Um, so hopefully, hopefully NECA uses this as a way to kind of update that. And then eventually we'll get some like Archie versions of the turtles, which I think would be pretty neat. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I'd also love to see some of the other fifth turtles start to, making some appearances in those lines too. That'd be pretty Well, cool. I mean, they there there wouldn't be a fifth turtle in any other line that they've announced so far. Like yeah. they would have to announce like a brand new toy line. So, if um we're, we're getting like Jenica or even like Comic Book Venus anywhere. It's probably it looks like our best shot right now is from Loyal Subjects. Yeah, and their best action line we talked about last week. So, um yeah. Uh, so that so that was kind of cool, uh, and then the last thing I have for this is uh, Cowabunga Collection, the fantastic compilation of all the classic Ninja Turtles games, uh, received its latest patch, uh, which added a uh, kind of a bunch of stuff. Like it's it's really surprising how much they've still added like this late in the game. <laughs> uh, no pun intended. Uh, for that title, like. Uh, specifically they added online play for my favorite vintage game, uh, the Manhattan project. So, uh, 
if you've got a switch and the Calbunga collection, uh, we can definitely co-op that. Maybe we'll have to try co-oping it one of these days. I'm I tried testing it out. Uh, there wasn't any money available to play it. I don't think the online community is that big for this game anymore. It is. Um, <laughs> I don't think it ever was that big, to be honest. But uh, I would definitely love to try uh, playing that online with somebody. Uh, I have the Switch version. I'm, I'm next time it goes on sale. Like if it, if it goes sub twenty dollars, I'll pick it up for PC and um, PlayStation. So that way, I, so that way, I got the most options. Unless they like, and and of course, like after they buy, after I buy it on those systems, they'll announce that it's crossplay, and I'm gonna be like, damn it. Um, so yeah, so I'm putting it out there in the world because I do want crossplay out there. Uh, and then they, they also added a couple of new things. Uh, there's some new art by Kevin Eastman in the gallery. And there is also, uh, some new magazine ads, which I, I loved the old magazine ads for the turtles games, like something about like nineties video game ads, like early nineties, like this, those just hit different, man. It's all the different fonts, all the different fonts. And it's like all on one page. Yeah. Yeah. An assault of the visual cortex. Well, that Maybe. was, those I think were like mid 90s mid to late 90s those font ones that i'm thinking of uh, but yeah these, these early konami ones were pretty cool um yeah that is everything i've got for the news this week yeah in comic books we're getting armageddon games the alliance number six coming out on the day after this podcast releases so that'll be the yeah. 19th of april uh we didn't mention it last week but i'm gonna stick it in here uh this week the uh teenage mutant Ninja turtles slash usagi ojimbo where when issue finally released uh yeah, today I, or yesterday yeah. yeah i picked it up and uh, i actually just read it today it's looking interesting i it also makes me really really want to read the rest of usagi because it looks like it's towards the end of the usagi story and getting to see where some of these characters have gone uh in that story that's you know been out for a long time now uh looks like a lot of fun uh looks it's just i don't know makes me happy i guess did you get the uh sarah cover our friend sarah meyer i i wanted to but my comic book store for those variants uh upcharges a little bit Ooh, I hate when stores do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I, I don't know. I just ended up not getting it, but it looked great. It was there. Mm. I, I really wanted to, but then I was like, I, I also added the street fighter crossover to my, to my, uh, poll list. And I've also, you know, picking up the lost years. I've got gotcha. so many books. I couldn't, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. It has been a minute since I've been into my. It's been about a month since I've been in my store, so I got. I got a couple issues. I got to go pick up. I got to go pick up the last one thirty eight. I got to go pick up uh, Armageddon game. I'm sure there's another Armageddon game crossover I need to go pick up and read. So, <laughs> just a lot. Yeah, no. Good I time think. to be a comic book fan. But I'm excited because we're uh, going back to the comic books next week, aren't we, Spencer? Yeah. We are. So next week, we're going to be going into Armageddon game number six, issue 138, and Armageddon game the Alliance number six, since we finally have our issue six out. So guys, thank you again for checking out another episode of the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. We really always appreciate you guys listening every week. Um, You know, tell a friend about the show. 
Uh, I know we've gotten some new listeners. Um, so guys, thank you uh, for checking out the show. Hope you liked it. Uh, hope you liked our rambly banter talking about these stupid green uh, things from our childhood that we just still love to this current day. Uh, let us know somewhere on the internet what you thought of the show. Ninja Turtle Power Hour on Instagram, Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So that's our show this week. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, cowbunga dudes. Cowabunga. Oh, yeah, you betcha. Yeah, like they did. But, they all they showed was like a close up of the torso and then like the question mark belt buckle, uh, um, which was what April had on that cover for April's April takeover or uh, for April's um, like that that issue of Arch. It was it was the Archie Winter special. Yeah, and it's Actually, like who is the fifth turtle? I actually didn't collect that in the Archie books. There's a few things that are missing in those like Archie IDW prints that aren't just like the culturally insensitive issues. Yeah. Uh, like there's like pretty much the entire like second Mutanimal series isn't in there. I kind of had to find the back door to read that so I could get the context of, I don't know, the entire arc that the turtles <clears throat> dissipated in there mm. with the Horsemen of the Apocalypse and all that. And then, uh, yeah, that April issue is missing. And there's a few other things that I've seen here and there with covers of that aren't included in those collections. And I'm just kind of confused at why not. But anyway. Because, like, that second Mutanimal series is pretty good. I guess there are some things that people might consider, like, distressing because, funny enough, like, probably the most evil piece of crap villain in the entire Archie series, Noel you know, it is a businessman. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it turns into a demon. But uh, you know, so he I guess there's maybe some things that people could find like, you know, I guess distressing with him like kidnapping this woman and like, you know, mind controlling a, a lady to like be in love with him kind of thing. Uh I do have the April issue. Do they include like where the mutanimals die? Yes, they do that. <laughs> that was like Where do so they include that but not, you know, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It, it is one of those things where it's like this kind of sanitary way to say <laughs> connotations of, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. edgy things. Yeah, uh, there. yeah, yeah. Non-consensual uh, romance, uh, for, for lack of a better term. <laughs> uh. But yeah. Do you guys ever, like, develop, like, like, you accidentally let yourself fall down the rabbit hole of, like, developing your own Ninja Turtle story for, like, something that you would like to exist? <clears throat> and you, like, develop the idea and you let yourself think about it too long because you can't help it, but you know it'll never get made. So, fan fiction?
I mean, kind of, yeah, pretty much fan fiction or like in my case, it's like, like I, I want like a 2D Ninja Turtle fighter game so bad. And like sometimes I'll just immediately start mm-hmm. like clicking pieces for a story. And then you think about it and you're like, man, I should tell people about this. And then you're like, why? Like no I've, one, no one wants to listen to you. <laughs> like I've, I've <laughs> thought of that. Like, well, no, I mean like people, they listen to us. I mean, they, well, I mean, yes, people all the time. Absolutely. Um, but and if you're made it this far, we love you. Um, but I don't know. Like I've thought about it too. Like I don't know what I would even think to add to like turtles that hasn't already been added or like even thought of by like people smarter and better at it than I am. Yeah. Like by, by any means am I a great writer? Like, no, like absolutely would the best thing I could do if I was to contribute Mm -hmm. to anything would be ideas guy. And then I will let someone else who's much better at it, take it away from me and do things with it, which I guess is part of like that urge you get to like put it out in the universe. Like I'm going to make a post on Reddit. And then it's like, why? Like, I've scrolled down Reddit so many times and seen people's, like, pitches for TV shows or video games or what they like in them, and I always score right by because <laughs> I'm not interested, you know? And so I know that, like, whatever I have to say in that regard, no one's going to be interested in it. But <laughs> at, at the same time, there's a part of me that's just like, man, but but imagine, like, a Ninja Turtle game where, you know, your roster has, like, Shredder and... And you could this time have like it be in City at War and Karai comes in and Pimico is going to actually be like the, you know, in charge of the other faction. And, you know, her son could even be, you know, Hiroto. You know, she could be the son of Pimico instead of Karai and Karai could not be Shredder's daughter. I don't know. Anyway. Well, I mean, that's, well, that there is why I tell people that uh, the good Ninja Turtles game that you would want would be one based off of like, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, not like the Arkham games. I mean, for me, because that way, because that way, you could switch out all the characters like you want, like you're talking about. Yes, but as a fan of like the Injustice and like Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. games, especially the NetherRealm Studios fighting games, I like a lot of fighting games. But like those ones, they've got like that cinematic story mode, and even if the Mortal Kombat ones are just like we're just going to reset everything for the next game. And that's how this story ends <laughs> is, uh, you know, the universe being reset for the next game. You know, it, it's still, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just enjoy it. Like, it's like, I get to watch a movie while I like then, you know, fight someone. And then I get to like, go back to watching this cool movie with yeah. great animation and stuff, uh, or at least great mo- character models and things. So it's like, it's just fun for me. I don't know. So if I could have a turtles game like that, I would really dig it, you know. Like I said, actually having like a solid story being told across the storyline that includes mm-hmm. fights, you know, you could easily retcon the story mode to be like, yeah, of course you're surrounded by hordes of foot ninja or whatever else, and so you're just the one turtle fighting the main villain because the other ones are busy fighting off all of the other guys around you. So like, you can justify the one v ones. I'm just saying, it's you know, it would be really cool. I would like it a lot. But I, I could sell for an Ultimate Alliance game, but I, I just love those movie cutscenes. They're just they're fun to watch. You do also. You heard it here first. If you know how to code, <laughs> yeah. talk to Spencer. <laughs> yeah, all I'm saying is, if you're trying to develop an Ninja Turtles game and and you want ideas, I, you can steal all of mine. I don't care because I'm not a good <laughs> enough writer to actually like make anything that will uh, make money. 
is all public domain. All these ideas this is all public domain officially. You've heard it here first. <laughs> I'll pay him first, though. Yeah, yeah. Pay yeah it's public domain after you give me like I don't know a solid hundred. You know that's probably enough. Just a hundred. Just a hundred. Yeah. I don't know. Is is there more money than that? <laughs> uh, typically, yeah. There's more money in that. Oh, wow. Anyway. But yeah, no, like I formulated this whole story. I even just like was like thinking of like a Pimico redesign in my head. I was like, because her costume's awful in in the original ninety series. But I like the idea of you know this like daughter of Shredder that's out there. You know, it's it's a good idea. And usually, you know, like we make like Karai kind of fill that role. But especially like even in IDW, if they could have her be like a daughter of Shredder and Kitsune. Like, yeah, that'd that, be interesting. That could be pretty interesting. I'm just saying, <clears throat> putting it out there. I don't know if she'll end up being a villain, though. Well, I mean, I mean, we'll just have to talk to Tom. I got to email Tom. I keep like meaning to and like thinking about it. And then I just, I get so busy at work. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to email Tom either tonight or tomorrow. I'm just going to say, hey, Tom. And that's let's it. Talk. Sounds good. <laughs> I remember I do, I do me. Wanna... I do want to ask him what character like of any like that hasn't been added yet that he would like to add. He did <laughs> He did specifically tell me that um originally they wouldn't let him use Torben Zix. Really? Um yeah. and he got it in, but there are other characters that he could that they wouldn't let him get in. That's so bizarre to me. So um yeah, we definitely got to ask him about that. Yeah. Like, why Why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. You know? I, I don't get that. Like, you, so, you, like I said, yeah, we'll, we'll ask him. You have so much groundwork and, like, so much other things that have already been done. That all you got to do is pull it all together into, like, one big universe. And that's what IDW has done. And that's why yeah. people like it. I don't know. It's confusing to me. But whatever. Sorry. So, guys, I don't like, <clears throat> check our Discord during the week. And I often forget that we're on Discord recording. I know I'm but... I'm very bad. And again, if you guys are listening this far, I'm sorry that I'm so bad at our Discord. Yeah. I just don't yeah. like being in Discord that much right now. I, anyway, I see that uh, that Casey Jones, it's like the the Urban Legends version hockey mask is is yeah. up for pre-order, and I haven't seen like his normal mask, but man, that looks good. Yeah, it does. And and I I, I don't know. I love that Urban Legends mask for like the over the top. Yeah. kind of a disaster that it is <laughs> right <laughs> yeah like, there's just something about it that's so I, I don't know i can't explain it but it's it's fun it's like so cool it's not cool <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but then like it circles back around and becomes cool again but man i like that that hel- <laughs> the normal mask looks amazing too yeah no, it, normal like, mask does look good. it looks awesome oh my gosh i'm 100 percent buying this thing i know i have too many turtles toys already but don't tell my wife, okay? Thank you. <laughs> I know I've pretty much already been like, all right, now that since I've been calling for IDW figures, I have to already buy some of these loyal subject figures now. I feel like, right. like I yeah. get that I mean, they, get turtles. They put their and, money where their mouth is, and so you're getting those yeah. comic book inspired figures. And and so I also want to get, yeah, that Urban Legends uh Casey Jones as well, because I I like that over the top design. Mm-hmm. I would it would be fun to see that mask homaged or just popping up every once in a great while in other versions but yeah 
in a million years, I never would have been like, yeah, they'll totally make a Casey Jones like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, no way. There was a leak today um, from somebody in China who's seen, uh, I don't, I'm not going to talk about it because it, it's potentially a mutant mayhem leak. Um, oh. But uh, it's, it, but it also kind of feeds into like the super seven uh, fiasco with playmates. And so yeah. it's like there, I'll send you the pictures, but it's a, um, it's like the space cadet raft figure. Um, but like up, it's on like the same kind of articulation scheme that like the mutant mayhem figures uh, are using. And it says like Paramount Pictures 2023 on the bottom. Um, and it's very much the Space Cadet Raph figure, um, but with a mutant mayhem Raph head. Oh, interesting. And so it's it's really kind of interesting. And like, is it is is this playmates like saying like, oh, like this is our design, you can't use it, blah, 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 blah. Like that whole rumor. So Hmm. They don't want to use it because they don't want to undercut their mayhem versions of those toys. Well, I mean, it it kind of fits into Playmates' MO where they take what's been popular before and um, bring that to the modern, like whatever modern version. Like we've talked about it before, like how like they'll always do like a mutations figure. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll do storage shell turtles like you know, kind of their greatest hits and they'll just kind of do that, but in the new body style kind of thing. And yeah. so I just put the pictures in the group chat. Um, and like, I see Keith has probably already seen them there, yeah, but like, I'm, that's, I'm yeah. that's pretty much the space cadet raffle. And like Cody and I were talking about that earlier. Um, and he put this together. So you can see like the original space cadet raff. Um, the Super 7 version, and then this new Playmates version. Yeah, the torso is, like, exactly the same. Yeah. Like, it's not exact. The tube but, but, I mean, like, like yeah, yeah, like, the shape is there. Yeah. Like, the tube. Huh. And so it's it's pretty interesting. It's weird that he's got a regular pistol. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> just a placeholder. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, it's it's a six shooter. It's a revolver. Yeah, yeah like and everyone then, and then everyone a space was... sword. Because <laughs> but... the sword is the same sword. Yeah, yeah, I recognize the sword. Huh. But yeah, this is this was posted by some guy um, in China in one of the groups this morning. So. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's very rumor mill kind of stuff, but. It does yeah, seem so, like Playmates interferes a lot in like the TV shows and things like that. I don't know. It seems it sounds like they can be hard well, to work with from the well, that, bits, because I've heard even from people that work on the shows. Like the, well, that they've they've always had that kind of relationship with the franchise. Like that's part of why we got a season like you know fast forward mm-hmm. because and that's you know why. You know, that that's kind of why Rise turned out the way it is, is because they wanted to make it very toyetic, you know, and when yeah. toy sales and you know were kind of slowed down for 2012 after like the first, you know, few years of the line, Playmates got nervous and without a movie, or because because the movie like lines didn't sell that well, you know, they that they kind of pushed for Rise to be more Toyotic. 
Mm. And I mean, yeah, like Playmates has always kind of had that pull with the franchise. Like, in an, in a, in a way, they kind of made it what it is too. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, if this is similar to how they did their little last Ronin figure, uh, I would be very interested. I have that figure, but I haven't opened it yet. I'm holding like, it right now. I have like eight figures I haven't opened. I'm, like, I'm not a, uh, I'm a box collector, life. but... Welcome to my life. Yeah. 